0: This is College Soccer Nation, the premier podcast for Division I women's college soccer with Old Miss head coach Matt Mott, Rice head coach Brian Lee,
1: and special guest Duke head coach Robbie Church. Give a listen, tell a friend. Now, let's go to Coach Mott and Coach Lee.
2: Hello, College Soccer Nation. Matt Mott is here with you, the head coach of the Ole Miss Rebels. I am joined, as I always am, weekly with Brian Lee, the head coach of the Rice Owls. We so aptly you named him the big deal a few years ago. Uh he is with us and we are on a we're on a, a good weekend here. Brian we won both. You won both. Churchy won both. Everybody's happy around college soccer nation.
1: Darren got to sit around and watch games. Everybody's happy. well we got good teams to play this week. So that happiness went away really, really fast <laughs> when the three of us looked at our schedules. <laughs> well, yeah I've got Tennessee. You have who? Florida Atlantic. And Churchy's oh, got Virginia. And a little team we call like Texas A&M on Sunday. Oh, but I'm not, I oh, forget them right now. Not so yeah, worried.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bigger... So anyway, yeah, no, it, it could be a much different a different approach next next Monday. But uh, we're here on Tuesday, um, day late, but we had some stuff come up. But anyway, we're excited. We have uh, Marguerite Ozaza. Oh, did I butcher it, Darren? O- Ozaza. Ozaza. Um, for the UCLA head coach. Uh, is going to come and join us here in a little bit. We're excited about that. Churchy will be along here in a few minutes. Um, so great show. We have a power back with power five. Power five this week is the uh your favorite USA men's national team players. Uh national team had their last tune-up today. Um, a thrilling zero zero uh draw. And uh they're headed to the World Cup. So next thing for them is the World Cup. So that is exciting
1: and we thought let's talk about some men's national team right that's a that's a lot of good stuff marguerite wait have we ever had an undefeated coach on as the guest i don't she's never lost a game that's true as a head coach she's never lost
2: I, i can't believe we have i was gonna say mark was probably undefeated a few times we had him on but maybe not overall so yeah um okay so first topic real quick we'll get into this a little bit and then we'll bring in churchy, but we want to talk about like different ways people can get information on, on college soccer, right? There, there's some great, there's some great Twitter people out there. You know, the, um, obviously Chris Henderson, who's been on us a couple of times is, is probably the lead, um, lead team. Uh, he does a great job with all kinds of information. I think there's, you know, top drawer soccer is, is doing a great job covering college soccer and they, they, uh, um, you know, cover everything kind of thing. Um, we have uh, College Soccer News is another one that follow, that does. There's a College Soccer 360. Um, but the one probably we want to focus some of our time on is, uh, is Big Soccer, right? Big Soccer is a forum-based um, soccer website that has every type of soccer, all different leagues, forums for everything. But they do have a women's college soccer forum, right?
1: uh they do yes yes i'm familiar okay
2: so that forum has some great information it has some team pages so you can go on and see what the the fans from florida state are saying or north carolina duke whoever you that has some uh some great information on rpi and chris thomas does a fantastic job of um you know getting information out about what's going on with the rpi and what, what's going on um you know as teams get closer to selection all kinds so Really appreciate. But the one we want to focus on today, I want to focus on my little hot is the hot seat. Um and and why is there a college soccer forum post about
1: coaches on the hot seat, Ryan? Because the coaches who are on their posting, like some other jobs that they don't currently have, <laughs> is probably the number one. I let's start with that. But people posting on that, what percentage are college coaches?
0: I don't know. I I'll be I,
2: honest with you. I got off it years ago. I don't get on very often, but when I get on, it always it always pisses me off when I see the hot well, seat. So you think those are mainly college coaches
1: doing that, not fans? Yeah, of course. I I I I don't know how many fans would even know that exists. You, you don't? I, I, I haven't did. really thought I didn't think through it that closely, I guess. I guess it probably is. You have to go on there because if if you're a division one coach, you don't go on there. That's the link to Chris Thomas's stuff.
2: Yeah. That's
1: where his blog is. If you're not reading his blog, you're not educating yourself on how the NCAA tournament works. And that's a huge mistake. That's the most intelligent guy going on college soccer and what's important to us. So everybody should be reading his stuff and that's the place to, to link to it. I don't know where else to link to it, but All that said, you know, obviously, reading the hot seat stuff is borderline comedy, and 80% of it has an agenda, and of that 80%, 75% are coaches with an agenda, and 25% might be irked parents, but that's the entire, and there's not random people stumbling on that, I don't think.
2: Well, I mean, random fans of of college soccer, maybe, you know, I don't know if I go, it, it aggravates me, Brian. Every time I look at it, it aggravates me because we are not professional coaches, number one, professional league coaches like the NWL. We're not, we're not, um, we're not college football coaches. We don't make millions and millions of dollars, right? We, we certainly are are compensated very handsomely, but we're not making, you know, we're not getting fired and, and taking home fifteen million like Coach O at no. LSU, right? Who was no. happy yeah. to leave well, because he made on. twenty one million or whatever.
1: You know very clearly we don't make Chris Petroselli Red Stars money. Exactly, exactly, exactly midpoint. point. So,
2: um, but I have an issue with it. I, I got to be honest. I think it's total bush league. Like it, it's just different. Like we we aren't getting fired and taking home fifty million, and not, no one's no one cares. Like these are serious jobs, and there's been some. When I look at it, it's, it's almost laughable. And if you think it's an agenda for if it's other coaches' agenda because they want jobs, that's even poor in my opinion.
1: Well, I don't um, necessarily if they want jobs, just or so that someone they don't like or someone in their league will beat yeah. them.
2: Yeah, it's that's Bush league, right? It's bush league. It, it kind of it really bothers me that that if if that's true and we don't know if it's true, you don't know who's posting. Maybe you can figure it out, maybe you can't, maybe you know some of the post, maybe you don't I don't. But I, I would say this it, it's just um poor. If you're on there and you're posting that someone could be fired, I remember reading last last year West Hart, right? West Hart, Alabama, on the hot seat. He he, last year end of the year makes the state tournament, goes the second round, and this year he's absolutely killing it. So, what kind of idiot is putting on there that West, West Hart should be fired? And that's just one example off the top of my head that I can think of. But well, it yeah,
1: it's the internet. It's keyboard cowboys. That's <laughs> that's uh. You know, keyboard
2: cowboys. I like that. We are we like are that. public
1: figures to some extent. Yeah, yeah. The part the part too to me is people are just uneducated on what is the priorities at all these schools. What percentage of the 348 schools playing D one soccer is the most important part of their the coach's job that they win? Is it fifty percent? Mean, I mean, what, what is it in the, power, in five? It, shoot, in the f- power Five? Shoot, yeah. it's fifty percent in the Power Five. no yeah. know. Yeah, fifty yeah. percent would be their number one. Yeah, um, <clears throat> max it might be lower than that, you know, and uh, much less you get out of the Power Five. I mean, people on there will comment about let's—I don't know what school. They, you know, let's say they commented about Furman. Yeah, they lost a couple of games earlier in the year. I don't know if they did or not. At Furman, the priority of the head coach's job at Furman of winning is like number eleven. It is graduate the kids keep the kids happy, have a decent number of kids on your team, don't have kids transferring. Uh, And so, and make sure your kids are living right. They, you know, they need to make a three, five and that's six off the top of my head before you've even looked at it. So it's just, there's a little bit, uh, (laughs) it's a little bit uneducated. That's for sure. Yeah. And there in right. there but their their boosters demand results
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that doesn't there is a comedian today yeah no i i gotta tell you though it, it does bother me i don't know maybe i have maybe i'm maybe i am just uh thin-skinned and and uh soft and feel bad for people that again are not making seven million you want to go on there and say coach o should be fired he's gonna make 21 million go for it who cares don't right quit. he's fine
1: well, maybe but, it, look down the hall and tell Biebs, get one of his five different things. You know, Biebs from Northeast Louisiana is easy to figure out who it is. And <laughs> then Biebs, William Carey, <laughs> or Ole Miss <Fullness> fan. <laughs> all right, let's move on. This this is
2: boring me now. Yeah. Uh, but it's ridiculous, in my opinion. That's all I'm going to say. All right, let's keep them rolling. We got a big, big, big show tonight. Uh, and the mayor is here, as always, to join us. Robbie, how are
0: you? Good, good, gentlemen. How's everybody? Interesting start here. Um, yeah. What do you think? What do you think about the big soccer?
2: Robbie Church should be fired because he he lost to North Carolina one time.
0: <laughs> yeah, one time. Maybe with maybe my record against North Carolina, there'll be an uprising for that too. But uh, no, it, it is crazy. It's it's interesting what you say is, and I've really never thought too much about it, is how many coaches are writing if they're writing things. Yeah. So, uh,
2: yeah, I, I didn't. I I didn't. I haven't really put that two and two together that Brian thinks it's other coaches. It could certainly could be. But you know who I'm going to try and get on, by the way, is the college soccer truth guy. Huh? I, I, I'm our girl? I don't know if it's male, female. I have no idea what it is. But his, uh, he's good on Twitter. He's good on Twitter. So again, there's not a lot of people that cover us at right. a high level outside of the, your yeah. local school. But I do think big soccer is a good one for 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 most of the threads. I think are right. great. I think the hot seats right. a joke. Um, you know, and then obviously we have Chris Henderson, we have college soccer, Nation, we have college soccer 360, we have some, um, but certainly it'd be nice to continue to grow that for sure. The, the thing, I mean, what are we gonna do if what are we gonna do, Brian? What are we gonna yeah. do if all of a sudden one day Chris Henderson says, nah, "I don't want to do this anymore"?
1: Well, I hope he doesn't like start liking softball more than he likes college <laughs> soccer because yeah. we'll have nothing. We'll have to be yeah. you know, googling where's the soccer buzz guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: All right, let's move on. We, are, we got a fun segment for us here, in segment two. We are playing a new game. I'm bringing a new game to the show. It's called, you may have heard something like this before, Deal or No Deal. So I'm going to make a statement, and you guys are going to say Deal or No Deal. So you either agree or you disagree, and tell me why. Okay, we ready? We got a bunch of these tonight, bunch of these tonight. So good topic of conversation. First one right out the bat. Will the SEC go another week with zero draws? We've played 21 games. We have yet to have a draw in the league. Will they go another week? It's one game week this week. Will there be no draws again um, this Thursday
1: and Friday? Deal or no deal, Brian? Uh, no deal. There will be a draw, and I'm not even looking at the schedule. This is a super quirky thing that's been going on, and there have been a ton of late winners mm-hmm. in the SEC. So that, that's not going to continue. There will be at least one draw this week. Churchy, deal or no deal?
0: You know what? I'm going to go deal because it's a one-game week. Okay, yeah. If we had a two-game week, I would be right there with Brian. I agree. But it, but it is time for a draw to pop up, huh? With yeah, the national averages out there, you guys are living a charmed life in the SEC. <laughs> not not the team
2: losing. <laughs> yeah, true. They love a draw. All right, here we go. This is a good one. At the halfway mark is UCLA coach Marguerite Oazaza, the lead candidate for national coach of the year. Deal or no deal, Robbie?
0: Deal, for sure. Um, seeing her team up close and personal, they're outstanding. They're well-coached, well-organized. Um, you know, they're, they've they got – they're obviously just starting to pack play. hmm and I, I, you know they have a chance to they have a chance to run the tables, right now through especially through the regular season.
1: Right, that's a major deal, and they got a real chance to go on beat. Yeah. Robbie's not joking. They and Stanford already took a loss. They're going to win the Pac-12, and if you in your first year, if you go east and beat Robbie Church and Anson Dorrance and their combined twelve hundred wins, and then you run the table on the Pac-12, that's pretty awesome.
2: Yeah. Um, Okay, I don't need to read my next one. My next one is: UCLA will go undefeated in the Pac-12. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: Deal. Yeah. All right. Deal. Here's deal. the next one. Stanford will not be in the Pac-12 top three. Brian, deal or no deal?
1: No deal. That no deal.
2: Be-
1: Who do you think's going to finish in front I'm of? I'm just asking the question.
2: Yeah. Just ask any no questions.
0: <laughs> Churchy? Same thing. No deal. No, no deal.
2: deal. They, okay. will,
0: they will be a top three with that talent and coaching. They will be a top three.
2: All right. Here we go. Next one. Ready? The winner of the ACC and Big 12 will have at least two losses in the league. Deal. Deal. Or no
0: deal. What, Churchy? It's just as Churchy. 1st It's it's got to be both of them have less than two losses. two losses. Le- so both leagues, we got three undefeated teams at the top right now in the ACC. Uh, I don't know what the Big Twelve has. Who are those three teams, Churchy? Um, Florida State, Pittsburgh, and Duke. Check. Right now at three and zero. And how about Pittsburgh? That's yeah. they've done a good uh, job with things. Um, no deal. Okay.
1: right. Well, on Robbie's thing, the three of tight, one of these is not like the others. <laughs> Congratulations, Randy. Yeah. Whoa. That's impressive. Yeah. And some good wins. Good for him and good no for deal. that team. Um, yeah, no deal. TCU's not losing two games that's... in the Big 12. I mean, ACC, Virginia's already got lost. That could stumble around. Maybe there's two. It's, if there's two losses, it's going to be like a three-way tie for the league championship. But PCU is not losing to Oklahoma State. They are not losing to Texas. They already drew Texas, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, that thing's done and dusted. That is over. All right. Okay. Very strong words, Brian.
2: Uh, here's the next one. This is a good one. <laughs> the ACC winner will not be UNC or FSU. Deal or no deal?
1: Right, goes first. You do. So you're really asking me: Is Robbie going to win the ACC? <laughs> Virginia, no. Notre Dame, Clemson. Notre Day. Day. No, no, those teams aren't winning. But Virginia might be able to come back. So basically, you're asking me: Duke against the field because Virginia's already lost. <laughs> no offense, Robbie. I'm I'm saying: Is it no deal or deal? If I say UNC or Florida State's going to win. Yeah, that is uh, a deal. Deal. No, no, no.
2: Will not be UCLA. So no, it's no deal. No, no deal. No, no deal. deal. All right. Churchy, it's a tough one. For I you. have. To, do I have to answer this? No, question? you don't. Know, that's not yeah. tough. Put you in that spot. Thank you. All Thank right. You. Here we go. On. Next no. one. Winner of the SEC will drop at least
1: five points. So what is five points? That's if you, you would be able a loss, loss, in the, loss in the tie. Two
2: losses of the tie? Yeah, Two if you times. drop five points, you, you've lost. You've got gotcha. You have
1: a loss in the tie. You'll Robbie? say we'll have max eight wins. Winner of the SEC won't have more than eight wins. Right. Gotcha. Right. Okay. Turkey, deal wow. or no deal?
0: Wow, Alabama's looking really good at their start. I still will go no deal. No deal. No okay. deal right? So sorry for
1: my confusion on every question. So oh, if Alabama is going to win nine games, is this deal or no deal?
2: That is, uh, we'll drop at least five points. You're saying no deal if they're going to win nine games. I'm saying
1: no deal. Yep. Roll roll tied, and the third place team, will, or the runner-up, won't have more than six wins. How about that? will have down more with... than six wins. Yes. Six-three wow. and team finishes second. Okay. And Alabama wins nine. Nine games and roll tide. Let's go, West Hart. Putting the putting my behind you, buddy. Come on, all no right. Pressure. Here we go.
2: Lexi Missimo's injury for Texas will cost the Longhorns at least five points. Big so, injury. Uh, Lexi out four out forty-six weeks with a bad ankle, ankle sprain, ankle sprain. She will. I guess she will be back, probably or somewhere close to the end. Will it cost their team yes. five points?
1: Deal, deal. Before she got hurt, you know she had created like seven more chances than anybody in the country. That, yeah. that that's way too much loss. Collins way too good a coach. Mark Francis, Tom Stone, way too good of coaches. Nikki Izzo, there's um, she changes the game completely if you're defending them. So. Yeah, that's going to cost some points. That's going to cost them an NCAA bid in all likelihood, if you ask mm. me. Wow. Okay. Oh, wow. All right. Here,
2: here's a really – I like – I I keep saying that. I, I wrote the questions, So, obviously, I think they're good. All and right. 18-0-4 through 22 games for the two Mississippi schools is more impressive than Aaron Judd's quest for the
1: Triple Crown.
2: <laughs> deal or no deal?
1: Oh uh, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll go first. It's certainly more unlikely mm. the uh <laughs> than him winning the triple crown. He would have to win the triple crown. And then go play quarterback for the Giants the second the season <laughs> to make it less surprising than you two being 18 0 and 4.
0: Uh, oh my god. Uh, Churchy. Oh who again who would have thought this? What are we in October? We're in October almost. We're not October yet. Almost. Yep. And you guys, you guys are all with, with that thing. So um yeah, very, very unlikely. So I I, I say the Mississippi schools. So you're reckon. going deal. I That's am, a deal. Uh, all right. like to deal with that because that is great. Uh, all
1: right. It should be leading Sports Center every night, not Aaron <laughs> Judge's quest for 61.
2: <laughs> all right. Here we go. It's a few more. Sanford at 0-1-1 to start the conference will end 7-1-1 and their ninth title in a row. Oh. Deal
0: or no deal. Ooh, I'll, <laughs> I'll go with that one. Right. Um, I hate to say this, picker, but I'm gonna go no deal.
2: Ooh, no deal. I know. Right. I
0: know. I hate to say it. I hate to say it, but yeah. I'm gonna go no, no deal with with this one. Unfortunately, okay. right.
1: The no overtime rule, despite there never being a draw on the SEC for some reason, but the no overtime rule makes that a whole lot tougher, right? I mean, they're bound yeah. to draw another game there somewhere. Is anybody else good enough? I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, ask me again on Saturday Friday night about 10 o'clock. They play Greensboro this week. Yeah. Uh, and Greensboro's pretty good. That's one, so, one of my big games. Yeah, they gotta okay. turn it around real fast.
2: All right, so this is off the Deal or No Deal a little bit. This is more. I you gotta you gotta give these three teams ranked. Okay, so three Big Ten teams with one loss each. Who finishes higher in the league? Northwest one one loss overall, not one loss in the league. Northwestern, Michigan State, Wisconsin. Rank those three in order of finish in the Big Ten. Northwestern, Michigan State,
1: Wisconsin. Great question! I can't wait to hear Robbie's answer. <laughs> okay,
0: okay, uh, I I will go. I will rank. I will rank Northwestern. Ooh. Their their win over Stanford still very mm-hmm. very impressive. With it too, I will rank Wisconsin, and then I will go. Michigan State. But I will say all three of those teams have have done excellent at, up to this point. All of them have done very, very well and they all have really big wins. Um, but I think I'm going to go Northwestern, Wisconsin and then Michigan State.
1: All right. right, uh, I'll, I'll just flip Wisconsin and Northwestern and then Michigan State. But I think in the end, all three will be NCAA tournament teams. Yep, I yep. agree. 100%. I agree
2: 100%. All right. We're going to change tunes a little bit. UCA, US, USA will score 4.5 goals, more than 4.5 goals, in group play in the World Cup. Deal
1: or no deal, Brian? I mean, no deal on current form. Yep. Whoa, For sure. we're struggling. Hadn't we you know, set like a scoreless record six of the last seven games? Oh, God. Uh, is what using it is? them in England, but we do not look good and yet, yeah, the group's not that easy. Now that, that would be, if we do score five goals in group play, we're going through in flying colors.
0: Right. Uh, so No
2: deal. So you're both going no deal. Yep.
0: No, no, no right. deal for similar reasons. Um,
2: All right. Here's, we just got three more. USA will score at least one goal versus England. On the day after Thanksgiving.
1: Hmm. Now I know the game's the day after Thanksgiving. Very <laughs> was- I'm pretty sure it's after yeah. Friday, yeah. No deal. No we, deal. Southgate's very conservative, and that there's a chance that game finishes nil-nil. If
0: you ask me, but I don't. I don't think we score. Churchy? deal. We score a goal, deal. We'll score a goal. All right. We like will score a goal in that game. All right. Last two.
2: Robbie is dropping friends and votes left and right each week because of his hot takes on College Soccer Nation. (laughs) Deal or no deal,
1: right? Deal. That's a slam dunk. (laughs)
0: Uh, Churchy, you lost any friends lately? Uh, Yeah, why hasn't anybody called me back? What is still calling everybody? Nobody's calling why anybody calling me back anymore. So I'm deal. I'm gonna have to say deal on that
2: one. All right. Here we go. Last one. Brian's ability to multitask on the elliptical (laughs) is more impressive than Aaron Judge's quest for the triple crown. (laughs) This guy can go on, he can he can send texts, he can do on uh, his laptop, he's sending emails, churchy, all while on uh, the elliptic, I, reading books, reading uh,
0: magazines, all on the elliptical machine. It's really impressive. I agree. You so deal or
2: sell, deal? No deal.
0: You don't have to sell me on that. That that one. It's very, very impressive. And also, you got to add eating too. I've seen him yeah, eat on that. Yeah,
2: yeah. He, Eat, he, drink doesn't matter. He,
0: do it all. He Does it all? He's a. Uh, so yeah, no, uh, he's a deal. It's deal. a deal. Yeah, uh, Brian's uh, more uh,
1: impressive on elliptical than Aaron Judge's quest for the triple cross. I'll say deal only because you said Aaron Judge, not the Mississippi teams being 18 0 and 4. Again, that's that's that more, would be more impressive. That would be
2: yeah.
0: I don't think we've been yeah. very impressed with Aaron Judge today in his yeah. trip around today.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's impressive. Yeah. All right, let's go. Amazing. Team of the Weeks. Team, of the Weeks. team Weeks. that's it for uh, deal or no deal. Good job, boys. That was fun. All right, team of the Weeks. Um, power team of the week. I'm going first. I'm going with uh, the roll tides they're, they're killing it. Alabama going to Tennessee and winning four two in a, a really a lopsided uh a game there. And then uh coming home to beat Texas AM um 3-0. I mean, they're not only winning games, they're smoking people and good teams. So congratulations again to Wes and this is kind of the Alabama podcast. It's <laughs> obviously the college soccer curse we're giving it right you come on here you kill it um he was just on a couple weeks ago he's rolling all right
1: ryan who you got uh i'm gonna go with pitt two acc wins including at notre dame and vaulted themselves in the top 20 and all without the big forward west who's clearly the best player in the history of pittsburgh soccer so great job by the coaches great job by the players
0: churchy so I'm going to the Big Ten, and I'm going to Penn State. Mm. I mean, what a, what a week they had. Again, we talked about last week, big game of the week was Rutgers-Penn State. Typically, top two teams in a conference, they win 2 nothing that game. But then they turn around on Sunday when you thought, well, maybe there's going to be a little bit of a drop in their performance, and they end up beating Illinois 5 nothing. Okay? So, uh, you know, we all know they have firepower. We all know they, they their attacking personalities are, are fantastic and it really looks like they're they're hitting their strides right
1: now.
2: Love it. Okay. Good ones. All right. Non power five team of the week. I'm going first again. I'm going to go with the UAB Blazers out of Conference USA. Big win over FIU and then a an even bigger win over FAU. 1-0 both games. Kind of keeping themselves on pace at the top of the the league, so UAB, my non-Power 5
0: team of the week. Nine power 9, sorry, non-Power nine, 9. Robbie, you want to go next? Yep. So I'm going to the Colonial Athletic Association. We have an undefeated team in there that's has not lost all year in Drexel. Um, so they end up two wins. They and both on the road, both down in the south, went to College of Charleston, won 3 2. Then, for the fun of it, went up to UNC Wilmington, the exact same score 3 2. So, as of the moment, they're standing 7 0 and 3. So, that is who Drexel so you said? Yeah.
1: Yep. yep. gotcha. Okay. Good one. All right. Good one. Uh, Brian. All right. I'm going Southern Conference, UNC Greensboro. Won, a com- won their conference opener on Friday night, turned around, went to ECU, who were the darlings of the AAC mm. at the time, and beat them 2-0 away, and beat them with a day short of rest. ECU played Thursday. Greensboro played Friday. Wow. ECU played at home on Thursday. And Greensboro traveled up and beat them 2-0. Pretty solid win, headed into really the SOCON game of the year, maybe, yep. uh, upcoming this week with Sanford. Yep. greensboro Okay, yep. Love it. All right um
2: upsets of the week I will go first again just because I only pick one and you guys pick multiple so you more work out we appreciate the work both of you do at college soccer nation here getting to make sure you have the the good teams but well, my upset of the week is Pacific beating Santa Clara um really impressive Pacific was struggling and uh come out and again Santa Clara um you know final four last two years won it national champion two years ago. So for Pacific and the league play to, to sneak a win there, congratulations to those guys.
1: Brian? Yeah, I it's Pacific, you know, they're unbeaten. Five wins, six draws. That's mm. that's just crazy. That is crazy. Indiana-level draws. Um, there are a lot of choices this week for upset of the week. I'll tell you what, I'm going with, I'm going to use two. Yeah. State, Mississippi State, I know you were talking about them, but they beat A&M mm-hmm. for the second time in school history. And then turned around and beat LSU for the second time in the last twenty years, both under the fearless leadership of James. Give me a chocolate bar. What's James's last Armstrong? name? Armstrong. Armstrong. <laughs> sorry, sorry, James. I'm complimenting wow. you. I'll oh, forget. I'll. Wow. Yeah, could be losing yeah. it. But good for James. Good for Nick. Good for Brian. Yeah. Great job. Two huge upsets. <laughs> What's your other one? Uh, oh, sorry. They turned around and beat LSU. They beat LSU. Two times in the last 20 years, both under James. No, I thought you said you had two. No, I'm saying Mississippi State had two. Oh, they had two. Yeah, I got you. The oh, okay. I got some. Yeah.
2: Didn't follow. Big got surprise. It. Well, you got when right. I forgot James. Churchy.
0: So, uh, what, a gr- what a great look Brian had right there when he lost that name. Yeah. And he yeah. Knew yeah. he have had the last name. That, that look of desperation <laughs> that he was, he was looking at. Hey, what
1: notice of notice you <laughs> jumped to
0: bail me out.
1: I don't understand I why, why you
0: weren't saying his last name. I started laughing. I was laughing. Like, I was laughing too hard to be able to. Uh, I was too focused so, on the I, chocolate. Uh, Love his chocolate story. Okay, so I, I agree with Brian. There was a absolutely ton of uh, upsets in in the power nine, but I'm going to kind of go off the grid a little bit and go to a school that's had a really tough run because of uh, things that have happened uh, in, in their program, and I'm going to take Yale beating Princeton one Ooh, to nothing. Okay. I am going to I think that is an absolutely fantastic win. Obviously Princeton one of the top teams in the Ivy year in year out. And for L uh for Yale to beat Princeton uh one nothing is just a huge huge boost for their program. So great job there by the Bulldogs.
2: All right. That's all we got for the section two sorry segment two. Churchy, great job again. Oh no, no, sorry. Big games, big games, big, big game. game, big game. I almost forgot okay. that. Yeah, big games.
0: Again, we've got a lot of teams only playing one games um, this weekend. But let's start. Um, we talked about my team I picked to be the top in the uh, the Big Ten of the three. We'll find out after this. Our Northwestern is hosting Rutgers on Thursday night. Mississippi, uh, Michigan State is uh, uh, is going traveling to Penn State for another Big Ten game, and then as Brian already uh talked about we have a huge game in rice we have FAU conference USA big game traveling to uh traveling uh FAU traveling to Rice sorry i can't talk tonight um and the other big game on thursday is uh Washington state hosting colorado out of the pack i think it will be a really good game. you know washington state's a team we haven't really spoken yeah. about much they are having a re- another toddies having another really really good good year there too so friday's got a lot of big games too going back to that big southern conference max um unc Greensboro is hosting sanford old miss is hosting tennessee and an important an important game in the sec georgia hosting alabama will be a really good game too and then a, a little game in the acc will duke will be hosting virginia Mm. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, without the hurricane interrupting anything mm. that we have around here. Saturday, Saturday has Harvard hosting Yale, and always a big, always a big clash with Yale coming off of that big win of Princeton. We see what happens, and a really good game in the ACC, probably under the radar a little bit, is a team called Virginia Tech, who won two games last week, went to NC State and won there, went to way Forest on Sunday and won, and they are hosting North Carolina. Um, I think it's it's going to be a really big game, and then we we finish everything up with a lot of pack uh, with a pack game. Uh, Arizona State hosting uh, uh, Stanford, and then we have uh, going back to Conference USA. I think a big Conference USA game will be North Texas will be hosting UAB, um, and then uh, b- finish up with a, a Big Ten game with um, Ohio State hosting Penn State. So you know Penn State playing Michigan state and Ohio state this week. will go a long ways to see about their big 10 title hopes.
2: All right. Great. Love it. Good work. Churchy. Nice. Again, college soccer nation appreciates all the hard work put in for, uh, for this, this, uh, this podcast, uh, a
0: couple words on Marguerite Churchy, before we let you go. Uh, Marg Margaret, I mean, what an outstanding job! As uh, Brian said earlier, you know, you're going to have a coach that's never lost a college game. That's okay. that's a rarity. But her teams are, you know, we we played them earlier, and they're they're well organized. They they defend. They defend really hard. Um, you know, she's got she's got a couple really special players, and I think you know I'm in Green here that they're going to win the pack, and they could go undefeated in the pack, yeah. uh, in the pack. And she's just, you know, a lot of people had questions when she got the job, and really happy for her, happy for her staff, yeah. and her players. You know, they they've done a great job. Perfect. All right, Churchy. Thank we'll
2: you, guys. As always, appreciate it. Good luck. Thanks. See you, Rob. See you, Brian. Thanks, uh, Darren. All right, Brian, very excited to bring in Marguerite Awazaza. How'd I do? Is that right? Yep, very good. good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good. Uh, the head coach of UCLA, Brian's the number one team in the country, undefeated, untied. Uh, and if you've watched him play, uh, trending certainly to headed in late into November and early December with a, a fantastic team. And and uh, we know UCLA is always good. And, and certainly, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, we're really super happy to have you on, Marguerite.
3: Yeah, thank you guys so much.
2: No problem. So we're just going to start with questions. I got the first one. If you wouldn't mind, give our listeners just your path, kind of, you know, as so you started playing soccer and getting into club soccer and then all the way up to now being the head coach at UCLA.
3: Yeah. So I actually never intended to play soccer. My family was like total baseball family. I thought I was going to be first, first woman in the major leagues, like the whole thing. <laughs> and then obviously my path changed when all my friends started playing soccer and I kind of just didn't want to get left behind. So they literally dragged me to club team tryouts. I made like one day of the five-day tryout. I ended up making like the second team for a season, whatever it is. Um, eventually moved up into kind of like through the youth soccer ranks and ended up at Santa Clara University. I was fortunate enough to play there and and had an incredible experience. Um, and then I feel I'm a very fortunate to have – been part of a small group of women, I think that have never had a different job. So I've always been a coach. So even as soon as my sophomore year in college, I started working full-time as a club coach. So I had two club teams there um, with MVLA, which was the team that I played for growing up. And then I kind of thought that I would continue in the club world. I was really happy, having a great time, just like totally committed to player development. And then the Stanford job opened and Paul Ratcliffe actually reached out to a parent whose daughter played on my team and kind of just put the feelers out, like whether or not this this dad really thought that I could be interested and if it was worth the conversation I was driving home from a tournament and the dad texted me and was like, I hope you don't mind. But Paul Ratcliffe asked about you. And I said, 100 percent, you'd be interested, Uh, (laughs) which was a great kind of uh, (laughs) piece of faith or fate, I guess you could say. Um, And then literally two weeks later, I was on campus at Stanford working as a paid assistant, which um, it's not lost on me. I think how fortunate I am that that was my first college job. Um, and then fast forward seven years later and, and here I am at UCLA.
2: It's awesome. For, uh, seven years later, a couple national champions, I'm an award winner. It's no big deal. Um, you know. <laughs> I just got to follow up real quick, Brian, before I let you go, who's your favorite baseball team?
3: Oh my gosh. Everyone's going to hate me for this, but we grew up loving the Yankees. Yes. That's oh, awesome. Wow,
2: <laughs> yes. Nice game, I'm from New York. That Oh, big, big points. Big points on College Talker Nation. That's awesome. All right, Brian, go ahead. And that's
1: big points, not just with Matt, with Petroselli as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Red Stars' first-round draft pick will be from UCLA for the next five years. Hey, Marguerite, congratulations on the strong start, you know, it, uh, we'll be in. Maybe we can get you back on when you lose a game. And we'll oh see. my How gosh! You <laughs> get to that? We've lost plenty. Yeah. So, oh yeah. Yeah.
2: We can tell y'all about yeah.
1: it. But give us kind of uh, give us one thing you took from Jerry and one thing you took from Paul that have been the most applicable. At once you got to UCLA, it's a great background to the two legendary coaches.
3: Yeah, I feel super super fortunate to have kind of the mentors that I've had from Jerry um this idea of being adaptable i think in my time at santa clara we probably played like 20 different shapes 13 different styles i played seven different positions just kind of whatever was required to win that game and what i loved about it is like he had no shame in doing that like he in fact takes pride in being adaptable that's something that we've used already this year um just kind of being very honest about our strengths our opponent's strengths and really diving into what strategy is going to set us up best for success. From Paul, just in the day to day, I was always so impressed with his ability to to teach and to break down the game kind of like into its simplest forms and paint a very, very clear picture as to why decisions should be made, why the ball should go a certain place, the timing, everything. So that's also something we try to bring um, kind of into our practice environment just to make sure that everything we're doing is clear everything we're doing has a purpose um and that we're really trying to teach our players the nuances of the game
2: that's awesome. great yeah so same question but how about from the club uh what have you brought with you yeah.
3: i mean i i have i think everything everything i've done i owe to mvla um and my experience there we as a staff at UCLA really pride ourselves also on the joy that we find in the game, just the passion. And that for me, completely goes back to my experience as a youth player. So I often say that I still coach because I just could never imagine my life walking away from soccer. And I really think that's just because of the experience I had with MVLA, with with Albertine Montoya, who I consider my greatest mentor, um, just teaching me to have that passion for the game and just to enjoy every moment i get to get to be involved
1: awesome yeah that it's great to me the the biggest development of my coaching career and it is a long time ago now was the five six years i spent doing Mm club club and college (laughs) i think it's such a great background that that a lot a lot of young coaches don't have when they come in and i think it's it, it's a super big help, especially... To, now, mine was not at a club like that. Mine was in Greenville, South Carolina. <laughs> yeah. Props to Andrew Hislop and Pierce Torme. They are doing a great job where they are, but it's not NVLA. It's not bringing the, uh, those kind of kids out. Yeah. But uh, when you got to UCLA, what was the biggest challenge you came across?
3: I would say... Well, the, the challenge I anticipated was not actually the challenge at all. Mm-hmm. So when I came in, I thought... It would be about creating buy in. It would be about convincing our players to change when they've already been so successful. And I'm super like blessed and lucky that that was not the case. They, I think from day one, they had very open minds. They were willing to change. They just wanted to get better, which I couldn't have asked for more. One of the challenges I've definitely faced is just personally, like, switching hats from being an assistant to being a head coach Mm -hmm. and i don't think like you can talk and talk and talk Mm -hmm. about it but it's just different when you walk into the room and everyone's expecting you to like say something profound or not (laughs) and i remember just walking into meetings and being like oh this should get started oh like i should get this started okay um and the difference between all my ideas as an assistant, right, are just suggestions. And it's just kind of like you're brainstorming, almost like thinking out loud. And now as a head coach, like you get all the suggestions, but ultimately you're the one who has to make the decision. And so I find myself enjoying the process for sure, but it's just like a little different stress level. It's a little different amount of responsibility that I'm still kind of getting used to.
2: Yeah, that 18 inches from assistant to head (laughs) coach, Coach, <laughs> it seems like a really, really big jump. Uh, there's yeah. no doubt about it. That's great. Um, all right, so this is kind of a two part question I have for you. Um, oh, I lost my. Oh yeah. Okay. So, Northern Cal, Southern Cal, mm. which one's better?
3: I'm surprised at how much I enjoy Southern California.
2: Oh, oh. oh,
3: oh I'm wow, still, okay. <laughs> I'm still a Bay Area person okay. for sure like i rep the bay uh-huh. but i've actually really enjoyed la and just the energy here um it's really fun it's super diverse there's so many things to do like you could be here for a month and not do the same thing one night and that that part's really special i was definitely living in the suburbs of the bay so this is kind of a new
2: yeah. a new chapter very cool all right so the second part of that question is what are your thoughts on the uh, the move to the Big Ten, being that you've been in the Pac-12 now with Stanford and UCLA for a while? How are you feeling about that?
3: Yeah, I could have never guessed that I'd be coaching in the Big Ten. I mean, I, I almost could have never guessed I'd be head coaching in the Pac-12, but here I am. So, um, that was a surprise, but after, you know, some careful thought and reflection and just looking forward to the future, I think it's going to be a great move. Yeah. Um, I think we already offer an incredible student athlete experience, but I'm hoping with the move to big 10, we're going to be able to just enhance that. I think the demands on student athletes right now, in terms of what they're required to do academically required to do just purely through time management, their mental health, stuff like that. I think the more resources, the better. And I do think a move to the big 10 is going to help us with that. It's
2: Great.
1: Right. Margaret, what about advice for young aspiring female coaches especially those getting straight into college out of playing, what, what what would you tell them? What direction do you give them? So on and so forth.
3: First, I think it's to be willing to take risks, be willing to kind of put yourself in situations where it might feel a little uncomfortable, knowing that the longer you're, you'll be there, typically the better you're going to feel. Um, the next would be just to surround yourself with good people. I've been so fortunate to have major kind of influencers in my life that when I was feeling apprehensive or when I was feeling nervous, they were the ones to kind of give me that push to give me that confidence. Um, and that was, um, kind of in my personal life, but also in the coaching world. So someone like Paul Ratcliffe, I couldn't have been more thankful just in terms of the support he gave me, um, the encouragement he kind of gave me along the way. I think my first year years at Stanford, I don't think I said a word, like. What was I going to say? You know, that was incredibly insightful. Um, But he was constantly just telling me like, Marguerite, we want to hear you more. Like we want, we want you to speak more in front of the team. We want you to be more involved in the recruiting. And um, so I really don't think I'd be where I am today without people like that kind of in my corner.
2: It's good. So, so again, you know, different conferences, but I was at Auburn for seven years and we hated Ole Miss, hated Ole Miss. I hated Ole Miss. Right. (laughs) And then I get the opportunity to be the head coach at Ole Miss. So similar, right? You're at Stanford seven years, and now you get a chance to be UCLA. I'm assuming it's a big rivalry. Um, was that tricky to get past?
3: Um, I don't know if it was trickier than the Santa Clara Stanford thing. Uh, that I've already yeah,
2: done. that's right. Oh. Very true. Very true. Oh, yeah. You're kind of a traitor, aren't you? I know, You're kind no, of a I traitor. Like, apparently,
3: I, I, I've always considered myself a loyal person, but my <laughs> track record speaks differently. Um, The thing about like both of those transitions is I think there's so much just inherent respect that the programs have for each other that, yeah, there's a rivalry simply because, you know, every single time it's going to be a great game and the game that could really go either way. So in that way, um, it's kind of exciting. I did. Know the UCLA team pretty well, at least, sure. because obviously with scouting, there's a ton of overlap between players and their club teams and stuff like that. So, um, although it was kind of a rivalry, it was in some ways the most familiarity I would have had with probably another program in the country.
2: All right, I'm going to ask you one more here and then I'll let Brian, Brian ask a question. So, unbelievable, right? You get the job and then you get handed a schedule and you got to go to North Carolina and play Duke and UNC on a weekend. Yeah. Right. Come away. Two huge wins. What was it like preparing and what was your approach to that weekend?
3: So back in January, when I first started my approach, because really we had the choice to keep it or not. um, And we decided to keep it knowing that regardless of how the results would fall, we were going to learn a lot about ourselves as a program and ourselves as an individual team this year. So I was kind of looking at it as like a diagnostic Um, And in fact, I would lump in also playing away at Santa Clara the Sunday prior. So we went Santa Uh Clara, Duke, UNC all in a row, all away. And that 10 day span was kind of haunting me since I took the job, (laughs) just knowing like how it could go or could not go, depending how you look on it. And when in preparation, because those three games were all in a row, we were kind of hands tied because there wasn't that many days in between those games for us to really change too much. Um, so a lot of what we did was just preparing our players from kind of the off the field side, just making sure they were prepared mentally, making sure they felt confident going in, making sure they felt prepared as best we could. Um, and so a lot of that was done off the field. So whether that was through video, individual trainings or individual meetings, um, like functional group meetings, trying to get everybody on the same page as quickly as possible, but I couldn't have written it better. I, uh, I mean, what a cool experience. I was a little in shock, not because I didn't think we could do it, just knowing how difficult it really was to do.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, so it was a really special feeling. But I was also really proud of our team with how they responded to it. They took it as um, more of like, this is what we're capable of. This is the potential we have. It was somewhat validating, but by no means was it kind of the the end game.
1: Sure. You know, Marguerite, on that little road trip there, that ten day road trip, that's like win six, seven, and eight, right for you. And I think it was, was like four, five, and six. And six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five and six. <laughs> yeah, against Jerry Smith. I don't know how many wins he has. Yeah, and got you know, twice as many as everybody yeah. else. And Robbie, holy cow, that's like fifteen
3: hundred wins. Yeah, was, yeah. Awesome. I think it was like a hundred years of experience <laughs> to <The> one. <laughs> yeah <laughs> the half of one
1: yeah. to like, yeah.
3: well, well
1: if, if you needed any validation there you go yeah, yeah. job done yeah, yeah we were
3: we were jokingly calling it the mount rushmore of women's soccer oh, yeah. it uh, really in was. a good way in yeah. a good way yeah, yeah but, absolutely
2: um, absolutely yeah so
3: and again credit to the team they were all in they were like yeah let's do this like who needs experience? Come on, you guys. Like, and they were great. And it was a really, in a weird way, lighthearted trip, which I think really played into our benefit. So we, yeah, we were just kind of there enjoying the experience top to bottom.
1: Yeah. Well, along those lines, you know, it it, it certainly looks like you're going to be one of the the figureheads of college soccer for the next 20 years. What What do you want college soccer to look like 20 years from now? When you're when you're Jerry Smith, except his is 30 or 40 or, you know, 20 years is plenty. What do you want it to look like? Yeah.
3: Wow. That's I haven't really thought that far in advance. If I'm being if I'm being honest, I think what I want it to be is a more enhanced platform in terms of player development, in terms of preparing players to play at the next level. Mm -hmm. I think right now we're doing a great job of it, but we do have our limitations um, in terms of how we train and stuff like that. I also think or hope that it maintains kind of its allure as a special experience where you get to combine academics and combine athletics because really or even worldwide, that's something very um, unique and specific to our college experience. So I hope we don't lose sight of that. Um, I also hope we see it as a place for coaches to develop and for coaches to really like hone their craft. And my goal is in 20 years for at least myself to be you know 20 years better as a coach. So I hope that I have the opportunities to do that within the college game.
2: Awesome. Yeah. Good answer. Very oh. good. Answer. <laughs> I'll be sitting back at a porch somewhere watching your teams play <laughs> <laughs> and ho- hopefully. All right. So, um, last, last two things, and then we'll get you out of here. So when you're a captain of Santa Clara, which is a, a fantastic honor, obviously for the, the story history, they are, and now you're transitioning to, to UCLA as a head coach and having to name and pick a captain or, or however you guys do it. How different of a player is your captain or captains or whatever at UCLA than what you were as a captain at Santa Clara?
3: Um, I actually think there's a lot of similarities. Uh, we we had the team essentially choose captains. Um, and what we do is we actually have two named captains and then four or five players that kind of serve in a tier right below that that we call leadership council. Um, we try to make it very interactive. We try to make it very collaborative between staff and players. I will admit, I think that's a little different just because times have changed. And I think student athletes now Um, have a lot more autonomy they feel the need to feel a lot more involved than I did as a player Um, so trying to be conscious of that the things that I as a captain I think represented just like having a loud voice on the field I was always kind of a coach on the field giving a lot of direction Um, but Jerry I think used to tell us that if we are going to be the first player to criticize a teammate then we better be the first player to encourage them also And so that's something that, for instance, Lily Real is one of our captains and she holds everybody to a high standard, but like you could take a good touch and Lily is celebrating like you scored a goal. And so I think that is huge for us. Um, And then we really encourage our leaders to have the maturity to be the bridge between the staff and the team. So we encourage them to be advocates for the team. We encourage them to be kind of the voice. Um, And that's something that I think I had a great relationship with my staff at Santa Clara and that was very much my role.
2: Awesome, love it. Okay, last thing. Um, give us a few minutes on UCLA. If 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 someone's on here and, and never heard of it, don't know anything about it. What is UCLA, and and why are you so happy there? The sc-
3: like the school. Yeah, a school. Or- <laughs> program. Just
2: just UCLA.
3: Um, first the school, one incredible academic institution that I've been really impressed with, but paired with that one. One thing that has struck me is how relatable people are. Um, I think there's people at UCLA that are incredible in their field, but their passion might be something like special education or something that maybe is a little more tangible than you know to be CEO of Tesla or something like that. And that's something that I've really enjoyed. Um, even within our team, we have plenty of players that maybe are on a pre-med track, but their passion is... Um, like I said, special education or certain neurological disorders, something like that, which I really, I just admire in our players, quite honestly. The soccer piece, I think we want to play an exciting brand. I'm really proud right now of the freedom with which our players are playing, kind of this inherent confidence that I think one comes from our staff and um, how we talk to them, how we help them see the game, but two, just from the players' personalities. and. I've right now have had the great pleasure of a few games just sitting back and watching. And I absolutely love that. The other thing and what I've been really proud of when people bring it up to me is just the amount of fun that they're having. And from the outside looking in, I think it's very clear. Like you can be one of the top teams in the country and you can have an absolute blast doing it. And I think right now, um, that's what we want our program to be known for. We want it to be a very positive experience. We want our players to feel like it's a very meaningful experience, something they're proud of and look back on fondly. Um, and right now, I think we've done a good job of of laying that foundation.
2: Great. Well, listen, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, fantastic job. I think one of the best we've had, Brian, to be honest. Oh. <laughs> especially after yeah. only eight games
1: yeah. <laughs> you know. eight, eight pretty good games and yeah yeah hey, don't schedule ucla yeah that's yeah, right. yeah that would be my first <laughs> advice to anybody listening
2: to this do not schedule ucla oh my
3: gosh, no don't say that because you yeah,
2: yeah, know to... our
3: 2024 schedule got imploded so we oh, actually...
1: oh that's true yeah <laughs> don't yeah. don't call old miss or rice <laughs> to fill it Go, enjoy watching yeah exactly <laughs> yes. You. thanks
2: so much for coming on marguerite we really appreciate it. good luck the rest of the way i think we'll be seeing you playing late november hopefully early in december and carry but um uh, good luck and and enjoy talking awesome
3: to you. thank you guys so much yeah. i appreciate it and enjoyed myself all right, right. Thanks. Thanks. Good luck. all right thank you bye yeah.
2: well brian i might have to tell you that was impressive she's an <laughs> impressive uh <laughs> impressive coach and ucla made a great hire um, and, and I'll be shocked if they're not in Cary, North Carolina come uh, December 4th or whatever it is.
1: Uh, I'll go as far as to say, Matt, I will be shocked if they don't win multiple national championships. Oh, no. Her attitude, she's clearly bright as they get. Yeah. Um, it, it seems like a wonderful players coach. Yeah. There's so much. I can't go over how many positives came out of that and how impressive that was. Yeah, UCLA
2: is in good hands uh, going forward. There's no doubt yeah. about it. And as we said... If you're smart, don't schedule <laughs> Uh All right, let's go on. Here we go. Power five. Power five. Uh, favorite men's national team players and maybe why a little bit. So five of them, the men's national team. We got World Cup is, is looming quickly. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait. Going to be a little crazy up against football and college football and everything else, but will be fun. So here we go. You want to go first or last? I, first. I bet we have very few
1: similar ones. I guess we do as well. You know, it's very. These aren't the five best. This no, is your five favorite. favorite. Yeah. Over the last yeah. twenty years since we've been, yeah, since basically we've been following. All right, my number five. Wonder if you even know who he is, Roy Weggerly. American, Never heard of him. played over in the Premier League on the early end. Probably the first American to play over there. Wegerly was at South Florida when I was in high school. I grew up in Tampa, so I used to go watch South Florida play. Probably at that point, one of the best players I'd certainly in America I'd seen um, individually. Huge British accent. I don't know if it was English or South African. I think he was South African who had lived in England. Next thing I know, it didn't seem at all uh, American. Next thing I know, eight years later, he's playing for the U.S. team. I'm like, how did that guy get citizenship? But he's one of those that was imported, but... One of the best early players in the national team. All right. Well, I'm going to give you my number five and number four because they're the. I like them for the same
2: reason. Right. Okay. Uh, number five is Alexi Lawless and number four is John Harkes. And the reason is when I was at UCF, they came there to do an Adidas shoot, a photo shoot, and I got to meet him and spend the day with them. And they both were fantastic guys, very humble at that point, very likable. Um, my younger brother actually was part of they were doing a photo shoot so they needed a a male model soccer player so they used my brother. Uh he was maybe in a little better shape than I was at the time. <laughs> uh but those guys were great. I really enjoyed um enjoyed that that day spending with them. So uh I always like watching John Harks as well. So those are the two Alexi Lawless John
1: Hart are my five and four. Yeah. Well number might, four Wynaldo might not agree. Yeah, no. <laughs> it, uh, I know. Yeah. Two of our more iconic players yes. that's for sure. All right, my number four is a little bit similar as well because it's a uh, from kind of a run-in slash he was around a decent bit. Back to my childhood, I'm in high school at Gaither High School in Tampa, Florida. we got a pretty good little team. I have a coach at the time who became the coach at St. Leo, won some league titles, and now the athletic director at one of the best D2s uh, certainly in the South. Great guy, Fran Reedy. Well, one of his roommates was a guy named Perry Vanderbeck. Who played for the Rowdies, played for the US national team. So he would come out and train with us and lift weights with us. And he's probably 28. He's the first guy ever, first high schooler ever picked in a US soccer draft. Wow. number one draft pick in whatever year that was. I'm telling you, cuss like a sailor. It was absolute for a 16 year old kid. I'm like, what is going on here? It was a real pro athlete, would say anything, anywhere. Poor Fran Reedy, who was our coach, used to have to. Correct him, Perry. You can't do that. Can't do that. Can't say that. But I liked him, Perry. Vanderbeck. Uh, do you have Eddie Rodwinski on your on your list? Oh man, you know he played <laughs> for the national team. Is he next for you. And uh, no, he's
2: not next for me. But you're bringing up all these people that no one's ever heard
1: of. Uh, uh, I, uh, all right, not that. We have five Everybody's favorite. These are my five favorite. I'm yeah, telling totally right. you, people will embrace them. Uh, Perry right, Vander, my number three. Perry Vanderback will be trending on Twitter after this. <laughs> <laughs> my number
2: three is everyone knows him. Most probably, most people's favorite, Landon Donovan, great player, great player. You know, the one one World Cup that we actually were pretty good in. He had a lot to say about it. So, Landon Donovan, number three for me.
1: Oh no, joke. number three. No joke, we wouldn't have any in common. I wouldn't have picked any year three. Although I, I, I like uh, Laylas just fine. The my number three is the out four mentioned. He's got five caps. We've heard about those five <laughs> caps. They combined one hundred and fifty times. Eddie Radwanski, okay, coach Clemson, and let, I mean, let's be honest: is there another college women's college coach who played for the U.S. men's national team? Swanee ever played for him? I Swanee don't was good. Know. I do not know. I don't know. You do know, he's a little older. I should
2: have put him on. Eddie's on for me. I'm I'm dumping Landon and putting. In I I agree. He's our boy.
1: I would take Eddie over Landon Donovan any day of the week for the U.S. national team. I'm with you. I'm dumping mine, putting in Eddie. All right, number two. For you, Oh, what is more iconic, more American than Tony Meola? That's my number two. In the goal. Yes. Oh, sure, I knew he would be on yours. Who's more American? Yeah, he really should be both of our number ones. But I got biased on that one too. But uh, loved him. Yeah. yeah, me too, Tony Miola. Yeah, the first
2: really iconic goalkeeper uh, we had in a long line of goalkeepers. You know, remember they tried to give him a kick for the Jets? That's right, I do, Tony Miola. Yeah. All right, my number one, you gotta stay with it, Brad Friedel. Oh, maybe the best ever, in my opinion, the best ever U.S. national team player. Maybe oh. ever. fantastic. Still playing really well for Atlanta. Um, you know, I love watching play for Atlanta. I've always loved watching his play. I thought he's fantastic. Brad Friedel is Matt Mott's number one favorite
1: U.S. match. That's men's a pretty good one, player. but my number one is I'd argue maybe he's the best national team player ever is Clint Dempsey. Yeah. A fellow Furman alum. Oh, excuse I, me. And I was coaching there when he was playing. And one of my favorite things about Clint is he was not necessarily the best freshman in his class at Furman. Wow. And he worked so hard. You drive by the field, there's Clint Dempsey, you know, just on his own a couple hours every day, go by the field, boom, there's Clint Dempsey kept to himself, did a ton of, uh, He liked to fish, I think, didn't get caught up in other things, had a goal and look where it took him all the way to EPL and one of the top U S men's national team players. ever. Very good. All right. So my
2: five, Lexi Lawless, John Hartz, Eddie Radwinski,
1: Tony Miola, and Brad Friedman. All right. My five, Roy Wagerly, Perry Vanderbeck, Eddie Radwinski, Tony Miola, and Clint Dempsey. Also, five people I'd like to go to dinner with. Yeah, very nice. I think that would very be great. nice. I'm, I'm yes. Proud. Absolutely. All right. Let's move this thing along, finish it up. What are you looking forward to this week, coach? Uh, more games. I like the heat of the conference yeah. battle. Conference games are special. We got a really good one coming in Thursday night and a real tester. And I always look forward to those games. Are you one game week, two game week? I mean, one conference game. And then oh, and we you got this game with A.N.S. and the Aggies. Yep. Uh, same thing. We uh
2: we'll really get we will really get tested again this this Friday night with Tennessee coming in. Um, you know, they're uh they were picked almost unanimous, I think, probably to win the league. Uh, I think they're rounded in form. They look great. They ended our SEC season last year at the beach in a 3 2 game. And um so looking forward to a big crowd. We have a huge football game this week with Kentucky. So Ole Miss 4 0, Kentucky 4 0, both in the top 20 uh sec nation is here it's a big
1: football game
2: in not, oxford not so big, recruits and everything Not else. as
1: big as the soccer game on friday night before it. i'm super second if if we did second half stories of the season tennessee would be one to watch Absolutely. i have no idea you know s- such high expectations everybody loves joe the new yeah. coach and um right now they're kind of sitting on the edge of the tournament so uh, we'll see for sure
2: all right thanks Darren, for producing this as yeah. always Uh, thanks everybody listen I thought Marguerite was uh, phenomenal um, and and, uh, doing a great job thanks obviously to the mayor Robbie being on good luck in your games Brian you too Um, and again uh, everybody thanks for listening we appreciate DJM Productions for producing this College Soccer Nation is out